Good evening, dummies. This is Matthew from Don't Unfriend Me. It is Wednesday, September 1st. When the hell did that happen? 8.40 p.m. Welcome to the show. Usually my show, at the beginning, I spend a little time talking to you. I give you a joke. We're not going to do that anymore. We're just going to get right to it. I've realized that keeping you know it cocked and loaded, going extremely fast, hard charging, under fire, being a hard charger is what people want. So let's do it. Tonight we're talking about Joe Biden and the something in chief. We're not sure what he is. We're going to dive into the watch incident. I have done some investigative reporting and journalism, some true journalism, talked to some people who actually have some opinions from the Gold Star families, and I've pulled up some articles that you are going to be interested in. I also am going to spend a little reflective time apologizing for making a mistake. This is Don't Unfriend Me, folks. It is a fun quagmire of a show. We hope you stick around and enjoy. One second, I'll be right back. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest, always direct. So sit back, relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Well, thank you, dummies, for stopping by. And I don't know what's going on with this. Hold on a second. What the heck is going? Glitches all over the place. Welcome, dummies, to the show. This is episode 214. My name, Matthew Spear. I am your host. I started Don't Unfriend Me some years back. And I, well, actually, about a year back. And it really didn't start taking off for about seven months. But I've always been political. I've always had an opportunity to talk to people and have conversations until people started defriending me and others simply because of our political beliefs. So I figured it was time to get up and get into the fight, to punch into the clock and get into that good fight. Welcome. First of all, you probably are watching on Facebook or another channel. We have our live audience with us tonight. It's good to have them here. But you can find me on at Don't Unfriend Me Show on all of major social channels. You can find my podcast. You can find my videos on pretty much everything out there, even Rumble. However, on Twitter, which is growing not at all, it's The Dumb Show. You can stop over there as well. If that doesn't work for you, you can stop on by don'tunfriendme.com. You'll find all my videos, my podcasts. Once in a while, I post on my blog and all my links so you can find me as often as you want. Let's get into the show, but first, do not forget, please share, like, subscribe right now, especially if you're live. It helps grow the channel. I will get to all your questions. Right now, we have a hiatus from that as we dive in to the show. Enjoy. I want to take you back a few days ago. I saw the image of Joe Biden checking his watch. I was incensed and immediately wanted to come on the air and destroy President Biden for the third time that week. I had had enough, and I was completely outraged. And like most of us were. Now, a few people felt I was defending Biden. A couple of them are on live tonight, so I want to talk to them and first of all apologize. I was wrong. And I was wrong because, well, I really wasn't. But I was, so let's explain that. I was simply trying to focus on the 13 lives that were lost the Marines, and the one sailor. And I felt we were splitting hairs and overreacting to a situation that already ripe with blatant negligence was too much. We kept our eye off the ball. Now, since then, we have very different accounts. Still no video of the whole event, but we have 
Gold Star family statements, and that is enough for me. After the clip went viral, two family members of these fallen soldiers appeared on the Fox News program, Hannity. By the way, Hannity is now endorsing Valor Home, which is just amazing. I thought you all would want to know that. If you want to hear the commercial, just ask me and I'll play it for you. It's really cool. And allege that Biden checked his watch after every casket was transferred, a total of 13 times. Now, this is information I didn't have. There's still no video, like I said. There's still no still pictures of each sequence. But Gold Star families have said that this took place. And once again, that's good enough for me. Darren Hoover, the father of Marine Staff Sergeant Taylor Hoover, and Mark Schmitz, the father of Marine Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, told Hannity the following. They would release the salute, and he looked down at his watch on every last one, Hoover said. All 13, he looked down at his watch. Mark Schmitz, whose 20-year-old son, Marine Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, died in the attack Corroborated, Hoover, or corroborated, I always mess up that word, folks. Thank you for trying to help me spell it and say it correctly. It is my Achilles heel. Corroborated Hoover's story. Quote, I actually leaned into my son's mother's ear and I said, I swear to God, if he checks his watch one more time, Schmitz recalled, and that was only probably four times in. I couldn't look at him anymore after that, just considering, especially the time and why we were there. I found it to be the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. Now, of course, Snopes is all over this and immediately jumps on the bandwagon that I have been stating. There is no photo or video evidence of the continued disrespect, just the one instance. So, of course, I immediately pause. I go take a shower because the fact that I even for a short time agreed with a sharky place like Snopes made me feel like a swamp in refuse. With that feeling, I decided to dig deeper, and I did not like what I found. I work with Gold Star families often. I have embraced more than my fair share, and something wasn't sitting right with me. I started to dive into the past to see if his behavior had replicated itself before, now, on my show, of course, I found the debate where he checked his watch, and I still feel that was, again, prompted by the moderator. But my dummies were extremely passionate about this. I was actually called libtardish because of this, that I was being extremely liberal that night. Now, I think that happens most of the time when people disagree, and that's okay. I don't take offense. I've got thicker skin. But still, I felt that maybe I didn't have all the facts. So I came online, I apologized for not having it, and promised that I would dive in deeper, and this is what I found. Back in 2016, a conversation took place with then-Vice President Joe Biden and a Gold Star family, the picture above. I spoke to a close friend who lost a son in Afghanistan and is also a Gold Star mom. Now this story is breaking right now. So, of course, I'm behind the big news agencies. Fox News put it out this morning, but I had this information last night and was awaiting the show tonight. So, in other words, we really need to get a staff over here at Don't Unfriend Me. I was working, what can I say? But it doesn't really matter. Only one or two places are sharing this, and I'm sure most of you don't even know about it yet, so you'll hear it here first. After the conversation, the family left perplexed and angry just minutes before the dignified transfer of their son's remains in November 2016. Quote, it was a horrible conversation. It was a horrible experience, Mike Lubelt, the father of the fallen army PFC Tyler Lubelt, 
20 years old, told the Washington Examiner. I found this article in the Washington Examiner, and you can find it. I left there feeling worse than I did before he walked through the doors. A conversation with then-Vice President Joe Biden left the family perplexed and angry just minutes before the dignified transfer of their son's remains in November of 2016. It was a horrible conversation. It was a horrible experience, Mike LaBelt, the father of the fallen RMSV Tyler LaBelt, told the Washington Examiner. And when he said, I felt worse than I did before, you would think that there would be an outrage. You think that someone would report this news because it absolutely correlates to what we just saw in the past, what we have seen during his campaign, what we've seen for 40 years from him in political stage, and now what we've seen during the seven short months of his presidency. Lubelt was killed in a suicide bombing at Bagram Airfield, carried out by an Afghan national who worked for a U.S. defense contractor. Four people were killed in the attack and 17 were wounded. Biden, in his first public appearance at a dignified transfer in the final months of President Barack Obama's administration, encountered Lubelt's family at Dover Air Force Base, Delaware. There, the family said he complimented Lubelt's widow in a way that rankled both parents. Additionally, the family said Biden upset them by expressing pessimism about the war in Afghanistan while they awaited the remains of their son, who died three days earlier. Well, unfortunately, quote, they're a 14th century country, Joe Biden said. They don't want us there, and they're never going to change, Biden said of Afghanistan, according to Charlotte Laquasto, the fallen soldier's mother. Never mind that the remark insinuates that we were in Afghanistan for nation building and not the overall mission, which was to stem the terrorist productivity coming out of the region. At the very least, it once again shows Biden's inability to understand why we are there to begin with and shows a clear pattern of improper behavior. But Creepy Joe is just getting started. Biden made his comments, the family said, after the Gold Star mother asked him what he what could be done to prevent tragedies such as the one that claimed the life of her son, whose wife Shelby had given birth to a daughter just months earlier. Quote, he's second in line to the presidency. He could potentially be our leader any day, and he doesn't even know why we're there, Laquasto said. Wow, this lady is one of the most insightful soothsayers and prognosticators since the likes of Nostradamus, it seems. But Biden's comments to Shelby LeBelt cemented the negative impression for the youngest soldier's family. He told my daughter-in-law, quote, that she was too pretty for this to happen to her. Mike LeBelt recalled, it's probably a good thing that he was surrounded by Secret Service, probably for both of us, because I'd probably be locked up in jail right now. Laquasto also criticized the remark. It wasn't the right time, but heck, I make mistakes all the time, she said. It was not comforting. It was creepy. So with this, I dug deeper and I looked at how many times vice presidents have visited Dover for dignified transfer. And the list is long and distinguished. Joe Biden in his eight years as as uh, vice president won. And that was in the last month of his term. Heard me right. Just one. So maybe it was just a VP deficit that took place in every administration. This was also not accurate. Most recently, Vice President Pence visited over 10 times. 
George Bush Jr. wrote a letter to every fallen serviceman and woman's family. Every one of them. Now I can already see the post coming at the below this. Donald Trump didn't visit servicemen and sent others to attend at Dover Airfield. We're not talking about President Trump. You know, I really despise the dum-dum sometimes. On what planet do you derive from that thinks making post hoc ergo proctor hoc fallacies clear your responsibility to address the question or argument? In case you don't know what that means, it's Latin. It basically means since event Y followed event X, event Y must be caused by event X. Or it is simply the red herring argument where you divert attention to a completely separate and benign issue altogether. They have nothing to do with each other. I am a patient man, but I want to literally play in traffic in a blindfold when people make these fallacy arguments. It shows you have no vision, no argument, and most importantly, no earthly idea of what the f*** you are talking about. Here is the truth. Joe Biden is a sick, demented old man who is nose deaf to proper etiquette, but not women and kids flowing hair, apparently. Joe Biden is a failed commander-in-chief who has recklessly wasted American lives by mucking up the withdrawal, leaving 10% of Americans behind. And don't tell me that they all want to remain because I can have people provide testimony right now in a matter of minutes who have loved ones and contacts who want to leave and can't in Afghanistan. Joe Biden has caused inflation to skyrocket and the bubble will continue to grow until it pops and a $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill will most assuredly be the proverbial needle that makes it pop. Joe Biden has surrendered our borders and refuses to stop the spread of crime and fentanyl into our country. He fails our border patrol and has abandoned police departments across America in the same slick Persian bazaar manner as defund the police in Minnesota and Oregon. Joe Biden has publicly humiliated himself on the national and world stage with his string of never-ending gaffes and projected weakness. Joe Biden has taken zero responsibility for his actions from the small, checking his watch, to disrespecting gold families, to the gargantuan abandoning the Afghani government after 20 years of being allies, surrendering the best of our youth to a senseless battle with the Taliban, spending trillions in aid and weaponry, bringing home thousands in caskets draped in the nation's colors. For what? Now, I don't blame him for all of that because he was just a spoke in the wheel, but most assuredly went round and round with the rest of the swamp. I blame him for what they blame Trump for, literally collaborating and negotiating with terrorists. The one staple in our government since the days of Reagan, we do not negotiate with terrorists. They counted on Americans to be passive. They counted wrong. Do you remember those words from Reagan? Today, they are replaced with a shallow and decrepit abandoner-in-chief a creeper-in-chief, a timekeeper-in-chief, an insulter-in-chief, the failure-in-chief, and the most important, the silence-in-chief. The families don't want to hear about Bo, and it is a tragedy your son died of cancer, Mr. Biden, but serving your country and dying on the home front is very different than serving your country and being blown to pieces over your mistake. You said George Floyd's name repeatedly, Joe. You made sure we all knew where you stood. We have seen you take a knee for a photo opportunity as you placate to a myth about racism being rampant within our borders. Why won't you say their names, Joe? Why won't you take a knee for the fallen? 
When Mr. Schmitz confronted you with a photo of his son at Dover, he said the following, don't you ever forget that name. Don't you ever forget that face. Don't you ever forget the names of the other 12 and take some time to learn their stories. In other words, say their name, Joe. U.S. Marine Sergeant Johanny Rosero, 25. U.S. Marine Corporal Hunter Lopez, 22. U.S. Marine Lance Corporal Kareem Nikoi, 22. U.S. Marine Lance Corporal Riley McCollum, 20. U.S. Marine Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, 20. U.S. Marine Lance Corporal David Lee Espinoza, 20. U.S. Navy Maxton Soviak, 20. U.S. Marine Staff Sergeant Taylor Hoover, 31. U.S. Marine Corporal Dagan Page, 23. U.S. Army Ryan Canals, 23. U.S. Marine Corporal Humberto Sanchez, 22. U.S. Marine Sergeant Nicole G, 23. U.S. Marine Ricky Thompson, 21. Folks, that's it for Don't Unfriend Me tonight. Thank you for stopping by. I have one more message for you before I kick off and end for the night. Every night I go ahead and end with Veterans Crisis Hotline 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. I want to take a moment of silence for the Marines and Navy sailor who lost their lives and then also someone important to a good friend of ours on the show, Leroy Brown, took their life tonight. A veteran and did not get the help that they needed. And I would just like to take one second for those people. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. We have a responsibility to take care of our greatest natural resource, which, which is our veterans. 22 veterans commit suicide a day, 25 during the holidays, and now with Afghanistan, I don't know what the number will be, but you have a chance to help them. Please get them to talk. It is the most important thing that they can do. The Veteran Crisis Hotline is there to help. Whether they're active or inactive, veterans need to talk about their experience. The only way they will do this is to know a couple of things. One is that it is completely anonymous, and it is. You will never be outed by VCL, whether you are current or not. Second, that it's at your pace and you disclose what you want to. They are there to help. Please refer. If you can't, give me the number. I'll talk to that veteran for you. Veterans can somehow talk to veterans. And if that doesn't work, they can go to don'tunfriendme.com, click on the VCL link, and be connected to a Skype operator. If you are not a veteran, Veteran Crisis Hotline will not turn you away. And if you need help right now, doesn't matter if you're a civilian, pick up the phone and call them immediately, and they will be there for you. Folks, thank you for joining me for 214. Tomorrow, 215 will be Thursday, September 2nd. I will bring you an all-new show. Please don't go anywhere. I will be back in just a few seconds after our closing Ending credits. If you wouldn't mind doing me a favor once again and like, share, and subscribe on YouTube right over here in the red envelope, go to my site, go to my pages, click like, share, follow. It helps get the word out. Thank you so much. God bless. And I will see you tomorrow.